Hey everyone, this is the Nips and Sips podcast uh, featuring me. I'm Dr. Jeremy Boyd and my partner in crime over there with a fresh haircut, Dr. Brandon Cruz. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, second rib syndrome. Um, it, it's uh, something that I think is uh, missed or it's not really talked about. I didn't really learn much about it until after my residency and getting into fellowship. But before I get into it too much, uh, Brandon, how's it going? Going well, Jer. Yeah, I think we've brought up second rib syndrome um, briefly yeah. in one of our other podcasts. If memory serves me correctly, I can't remember which one now. Um, but I know you and I and talking decide to actually make it an actual episode. Um, and I think it kind of goes hand in hand with what uh, something Kyle said. I believe it was during our podcast, but if not, he definitely said it during our mentorship, uh, one of our calls uh, as a piece of advice. And it's, you won't know it's there um, unless it's on your radar to even assess it. Um, if I'm not uh, misquoting him, something along those lines. But uh, yeah, so we decided to make this one a, um, an episode. But uh, before I get into it, I have a new drink uh, for my One of our uh, audience members uh, said I'm always drinking the same one and I want this explanation why, but uh, today I'm actually home um, shooting and I'm opening up a new one, uh, Blade and Bow. And this was <coughs> given to me by one of my, uh, my former students, Sam, uh, or Samantha. So I'm going to thank her. I finally cracked it open. It actually comes with a nice cool key here, which is cool, but um, actually really good. Um, I think this is going to be probably my go-to in the winter. I'm going to wait for, get, for it to get a little colder out because this definitely seems like a, a nice winter uh, bourbon. So I have that on the rocks um, in my Pursue PT glass and uh, ready to go. Uh, Jay, I know nice. you're actually right after this call. I just got mine right before because we have a big course this weekend. Yeah, uh, got to look fresh for the week. Uh, I am going to drink one from my main man at Trifecta, Dr. Hanus, Justin Beer. Uh, he, he homebrewed this one, I believe. He explained, he gave me two different beers. One's a Kolsch, one's an IPA. I want to say this is the IPA. I don't know yet. I have to rate him live on the show. Um, I'm drinking out of my, the Trust to Trifect the Cup. So we're going, we'll go company style today. But uh, I'll, try to be, I'll try to be nice on him today. But uh, let's see what we get. Pretty sure this is the IPA. I'm not. Oh, it is. It is. It smells yeah. wonderful, Justin. I think he said something that had some citra into it, and then I kind of lost it. But oh, all right, yeah, all right. So, what what are you ranking it? It's good. Mm. Hold on. It's good. That is a crisp, fruity IPA. Um, refreshing. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give my main. I call out tomorrow. Huh? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him. A, I'm gonna give him eight point eight point three. I'll give him that. It gets higher on my scale. I was just getting out of IPAs, and this is really good. Well done, Justin. I'll give you a bonus. Huh? I said you've been throwing out a lot of seven point eight and seven point nines lately. Yeah, so. good. You get. You do get extra bonus for the homebrew. You know, doing out of your garage sort of thing. So extra bonus because he's a trifecta. Yeah. 
for you too? That too, that too, a okay. little bit. So it's a really, it's a, it's a solid six point one, but you get by bonus points, he's up to eight point three. Okay. All right. Oh, point three. It's not even eight point four anymore. Jeez, Justin. I hope you're listening to this, man. This is your boss. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, let's uh, let's get let's get into this uh, combo going. And uh, um, you know, Brandon, I think you've probably had a little bit more experience working and treating or evaluating that second rib. Uh, I know you brought it up to me. Um, a little while back and then it was reinforced in my fellowship and one the cervical thoracic uh so i've been diving into it a little bit more but yeah talk to me about it or talk to us about the whole yeah so i guess uh, i mean my my first um i didn't know about it leaving residency uh either or, yeah. or anything um but i was turned on to it or made aware of it taking a course um and then i think a month later i saw it again um, at a conference, at an AMP conference. Um, then I did some research and found a couple articles. I have two here ready today. I couldn't find a third one. I apologize um, with all the articles I have. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, the second rib syndrome and or second and third rib syndrome, um, you know, there, there's many theories out there, but the big, I guess, take home I, I want everyone uh, to get is it presents with shoulder pain or, or what would we, we would be considered shoulder impingement. Um, I mean, if we're doing a differential diagnosis, uh, what's shoulder impingement? It could be something from the rotator cuff. Um, it could be bursa being impinged. Uh, there could be some type of labral um, issue going on. We could have a C5 or dick. Uh, we could have some type of somatic referral. Um, you know, those are at least for me, um, were like one of the top, um, probably five of the top different diagnoses that automatically I hear shoulder pain. I'm going through my head and my checklist. Okay. I need to check this, this, and this. Um, and then I learned about this and actually right after I took the course and this just could be because I took the course and I saw everything through those lenses at that point in time, like we always do, right? You just shove yeah, everything into it. But I had a patient who was having shoulder pain, shoulder impingement, um, we were treating him, having good success, treating it, treating the shoulder, treating the T-spine, treating the neck, um, with manual therapy. And then, you know, doing some, you know, periscapular strengthening, T's wise, um, some, uh, push-up pluses, you know, open and close chain type exercise. And, and he got, he got about nine, uh, 85, 90% better. And he would just come in. He's like, it's better. It's definitely better. It's, it's the most relief he's ever had. Um, and he's like, but it's just something's just lingering. It's lingering. And I just had the course. So I, I threw in um, a mobilization and manipulation to that that region, second and third um, rib region, and had a cavitation. He raised his arm. He's like, I have no pain. We put him through a vigorous workout. Great. Um, he, he's a police officer uh, on a SWAT team. So he went to, week for, went to work for about a week. I didn't hear from him. Uh, I reached out. I was like, hey, man, what, what's going on? How you feeling? Um, he's like, dude whatever you did cleared it up. I have not had an ounce of pain since you did that technique. Um, I can sleep. Like he, he was like, I'm back to playing football, yada, 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 doing everything. So I was like, nice. So nice. now it's, uh, it's in my, at least assessment. Um, mm -hmm. It's on my radar, I guess, whether pain or people who are having some trouble lifting overhead, um, you know, whether it's the cause and the driver, you know, are we looking mechanically or not? Um, 
I don't, I, I, as a clinician, I think you and I have kind of really gotten to the point. I don't really care why. Um, well, I don't want to say that, but I don't care the, the, the why mechanically or neurophysiologically or, or whatever. Um, if it, it's there on assessment, we're going to treat it. If the patient gets better, you know, that, that's a win. Then we hypothesize what's going on. Are they lifting wrong? Are they this? Are they that? So we can, you know, um, synthesize through what's going on. But that was kind of my first foray into it. Um, I'm going to have some other stories, but I'll, I'll pass it off to you um, to share. I know I brought it to your attention after that. I don't know if you've had any cases since. Um, you know, I've had some friendly, I guess, if you call it, debates about it. Um, and then we can kind of maybe jump down that rabbit hole for a little bit. What's going on? What, what are the theories at play? And uh, what, what's the research say? But yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you as I don't really, I do do care about the why or the cause, but I don't, again, I don't kid myself anymore of, I think I know exactly what's going on or those sort of things, but I know how I identify a problem area and I know how to treat it now. I mean, I know exactly why um, that treatment per se is working, um, but I know it's effective. Um, and in coming to second rib stuff, um, you know, this is, I think you mentioned it, uh, you know, I was looking at it a little bit afterwards, um, read the article by Dunning about it. Uh, at that time, I don't think I saw anyone that was like present with that. Um, or I used it more of a, oh, someone, well, my shoulders isn't doing better. Let me look at then and might have been one of those like central sensitized people where, you know, everything was going to be annoyed. Um, but it wasn't until, um, until like fellowship and those sort of things. And I've had good outcomes, you know, most necks that, you know, or have some pain and, uh, shoulders, you know, they do pretty well within a, just a couple of short weeks. Um, but once I went through my cervical thoracic course and the fellowship and that was brought back into my attention. I think I just wasn't as good in manual therapy. It was a little bit of a different approach um, that I learned it and uh, start implementing it with some people. So maybe they're in that kind of upper trap, more like first rib, second rib. I mentioned a lot of times that the first rib is kind of a, in a dysfunction or immobile or those sort of things. There's a good chance the second rib might go with it. Um, and we put so much emphasis on the first rib in that it can cause trap pain, neck pain, yada, yada, yada. Why, I don't know why there's such sometimes a resistance almost to the second rib. Um, if, if it, it, why can't it potentially be a pain generator? But I've had some people of late, I uh, took that cervical thoracic course this summer. So um, where, and I've been implementing it, um, a couple of shoulder people, um, just combining it with like the first rib technique and uh you know, using test retests in between both of them. And, uh, um, it's, it's, it's working out pretty well. Um, a lot of both my necks now are, are getting cleared out in the first week. And then some of these shoulders that I probably won't implemented that sort of stuff until later on as more of a, all right, well, I did everything. All right. Let me throw the kitchen sink. Oh, I guess there's some second rip stuff, blah, blah, blah. But at that point, you know, it's already kind of too late, but implementing it a little bit earlier, it seems to be, um, I'm catching in people and people are responding a lot quicker and faster in my own personal outcome. Yeah. So that's kind of where I've been. Awesome. Um, 
Um, I kind of want to just dive into to some of the research here because, uh, you know, both you and I kind of we don't care about the wine necessarily. Um, and, and that's, I don't want that to be misconstrued. I know you elaborate a little bit, but, you know, I, I guess to clarify what we're talking about is, you know, what's going on? Is it mechanically? I've had conversations with, with you know, well-respected people in their profession, people I've looked up to, people I've listened to, um, and they like, no, second rib, third rib doesn't exist. Just treat the T-spine. The ribs attached to the T-spine. Um, and then you go down, like what you said, maybe central sensitization, um, or it's stemming from the neck. It's a pain referral pattern or, or whatever. But, you know, if you assess it, if you lie them in prone and they're tender and it's hypermobile, uh, and then you treat it and you have a test through test and they're better, you know, uh, uh, there's some validity to that, um, like you were saying. Uh, but one of the theories is, and this was by Boyle in 99. Um, actually, let me, let me pull Not that Boyd. up. Boyle. Boyle. <laughs> Wish it was, yeah, no, I was 10 years old, so yeah. <laughs> wasn't really participating. You'll, you'll get one one day, Jer. I'm sure yeah. you will. The Q, we're redoing the keyboard whip. Yeah. We're going to put some exactly. tweak to it. Though it just makes it that much better. We're renaming it this weekend. Um, there we go. We've already renamed it. I don't care. Yeah. About it. And we're implementing it this weekend. So the, the 12 yeah. people in class for their extremity manipulation course are going to know they need to rename it. Yes. Um, but, all right. Back to this. So in the presentation of um, second rib syndrome, it's been previously diagnosed as shoulder impingement or rotator cuff partial tear. Um, you know, cause you'll get positive Hawkins Kennedy and maybe some of the other impingement tests that are positive. Um, but you know, they're hypothesizing that this can lead to a mechanical compromise of the second thoracic dorsal ramus um, that passes through the tunnel adjacent to the rib articulations. With that, you get, you get pain, you get weakness, you get inhibition, all in that area. What you know? What's in that area? The periscapular muscles, the rotator cuff muscles, and such. Um, you know, we talk about manipulations, but you can easily, as you see in here, get the patient prone, prop their arm um, of the treatment side up on a chair, a stool, a pillow, and kind of open up that, get that scapula to upwardly rotate, so you're clearing some space, and then do some P to A's. Um, there are some patients where I can't manipulate for some reason they guard or it's painful or they don't like it. So I roll them over prone and, and I mobilize um, them that way. So, you know, I think it's foolish, you know, kind of circle back to the beginning. And, and as you were saying, Jer, if, you know, I, I don't like when clinicians say, oh, this doesn't exist. Well, why not? We have, you know, um, what's, what's that? The first rib leads to, um, you know, we have ruse test. What, what's that called again? Uh, ruse and oh, at the, the this uh, one. Yeah, uh, Adson that? and and uh, diagnosis. Well, I'm totally blanking because oh, to, uh, thoracic outlet syndrome. There you go. Yeah, I don't even know it anymore because I don't believe in it. But we have, um, you know, something like you said, a first rib can lead to that. The first rib leads to the neck pain. Why can't the second rib or the third rib lead to something? Um, or, you know, one of the other ribs down, down the joint lead to some type of restriction, pain, or pathology. Um, exactly. To just always skip over, you know, mm -hmm. 12 vertebra um, and say, no, it's not that. Or to say, don't treat the, the ribs, treat the thoracic spine, and you'll be fine. I, I think you're doing yourself a disservice and the patient a disservice by not even at least assessing it. Um, yeah. 
So, you know, for, I guess for those of you who, who have that impingement, that's not getting better. Um, and you and I have talked about this before. Um, and I, I actually, and talking with Kyle, you weren't on the last call in our mentorship program. Um, you know, I probably give, and I tell patients, you know, give the treatment session or give PT four, five, six sessions, um, usually four to, to, to notice if we're getting a change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that's kind of my barometer. Uh, Kyle's even stricter. He's like two or three, um, which I don't disagree with at all. I completely agree with that. But, you know, you, you have to throw in some variables. That's why I added four. But if you have a patient with true impingement and you're doing the right things, they should feel relief in a, a couple of sessions, not a couple of weeks or months. Um, so if you're having a patient that's not getting better, um, aside from just reassessing what, you know, you're doing, you can, you know, begin to assess the neck, the T-spine, and in this case, uh, what this episode's about, um, the second, third rib, fourth rib region. Um, mm-hmm. If nothing else, it's part of the, the um, scapulothoracic joint, and that scapula needs to be able to upwardly rotate on that region to allow full overhead use and external rotation. So, I mean, you could look at it from the biomechanical aspect, neurophysiological, um, sensor sensitization, like whatever umbrella you want to go under. Um, you know, what, you know, I'm sure some part of each one is true. Uh, it's just you know, on to, up to you to, to assess it and then go from there. Uh, yeah, I have some, I have some, some talking points based off of what you said there. Um, you know, we, we, we certain it's just funny like certain joints can or well known to cause certain pains in certain areas and we accept that we accept that you know intraarticular hip pain can cause some groin pain uh, yeah. but you know rip stuff can't cause shoulder issues and those sort of things and I agree to a certain point of like oh yeah dress you know the T spine you know if you believe it's a rip thing I think that's what they teach mostly in PT schools you know the ribs branch off the T spine to so go for it. Um, and you know, I've nothing wrong with that. You know, if there is potentially you know, with manual therapy, any injury, you're probably, you know, I haven't had it. I don't think I've done it. Uh, you know, crack a rib, you're probably more likely to crack a rib than a, I guess a thoracic vertebrae. But you know, if that's not getting you there and exercise isn't getting you there, then, you know, go for the ribs. I, I view that now in the same way I view the sacroiliac joint. I mean, and you can probably go back and listen to that that episode and hear my viewpoints and how much it's changed for me since then. Cause I'm growing as a clinician. Uh, I was like, huh? I don't know. I was like, yeah, a year, not even a year ago. Um, but it's like, all right, I'm just going to treat the lumbar spine and you know, hopefully it takes it the rest of the way there. Um, and then, then maybe if I need to go in the sacral spine, I'll, I'll do it. If it's not working now, my mind pr- thought process is, I want to work right away. I don't want to test and wait and those sort of things. So personally at my level at your level and Kyle's level, and those sort of things, if I see a problem now, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll hit the T-spine. I'm going after those, the ribs day one. Uh, and I'm just making them that much better quicker. Uh, I think it was like in the fellowship uh, round or something like that. It was like, we were talking about the techniques that we're going to do or the exercises and those sort of things. I forget what the case was, but it's like um, Togo, the leader of fellowship was like, oh, you got me 80%, 90% better. 
now what? It's like, it's good for day one. Uh, and that was my thought process. He's like, that's not good enough. Uh, for the, in this case, um, and they use a, a, like a previous patient example. So there's someone that he personally treated, so he must've gotten them their way, way better. But that's that thought process of, of, all right, I can do something better right now and make them even more of a buy-in, get them better. So they don't need to be there for longer. Um, I think that's what we need to do, especially as, you know, physical therapists, manual therapists, whatever you want to call it. I think um, physio network or somebody put up a good like infographic of cervical radiculopathy saying there's a good prognosis, but most people it's like three months or, or so um, for resolution of things. Uh, I think, Oh, yeah, that's great and all, but my cervical radix, I'm getting them cleared out in a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, so I'll rather take a couple weeks versus saying, Hey, two, three months. Uh, and that's a lot due to me getting knit and gritty, finding out what's the true problem site, uh, whether it's a ribs or, you know, whatever it may be, finding the most specific thing. Um, and understanding, yeah, our techniques may have a carryover into other areas. I mobilize rib two, it's going to mobilize rib three and one and four, whatever it may be. But me personally, uh, treating as specifically as specifically as I can has yielded the best and fastest results for me. But that was that was a little long winded. I need beer. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not too. I might have a refill here. Um, yeah, but I mean, with that, I mean, it, it's understanding, and there are times where you need to zoom in really close and be very specific, and there are times you need to zoom out. And I don't want to say be general, but we've talked about this before, rigid independence and, and treating multiple things um, and assessing multiple things. It's not even treating, it's assessing. So you know what to treat. And I, I think that's a big thing, like genuinely assessing and assessing correctly. Um, you know, whether you're, you're assessing the shoulder joint to see if it's that, is it neurodynamics? Is it neurodynamics of the median nerve? Is it ulnar nerve? Is it neuraxis where you have to do something slump is it scapulothoracic dyskinesis that causes the impingement type pain is it um thoracic hypermobility is it rib hypermobility is it ct junction is it cervical i mean that's a lot to go through in the beginning if you're not used to it because you're, you're trying to put that together I, I mean you know once you get more seasoned and you know to look for these things this happens so fast um you know you know Jeremy and I and Kyle, we're, we're probably ripping through the shoulder, neck, T-spine, ribs in a matter of, you know, five to 10 minutes. Um, and that's evaluation, treatment, retest, and probably onto something else. Um, it doesn't take a lot of time. Um, and if you're a therapist who's like, I don't have the time, I see, you know, four people an hour. If you're getting 10 minutes with your patient, you should be able to, well, if you develop the skill set and the, and the know-how, um, you know, be able to provide what they need in at least 10 minutes. Yes. Is it nice to be able to go and spend an hour with somebody or 45 minutes? Yeah. In a perfect world, but we, we don't live in that perfect world. Not all of us anyway. So mm -hmm. it, it comes down to understanding that there are different drivers for different diagnoses. We're talking about the shoulder here. Um, and you know, to requote Kyle, if it's not on your radar, you're not going to then assess it and you're not going to pick up on it. And I think, you were on that call, Jay, right? We we're talking about cuboid syndrome mm -hmm. and you use an example and he said, 
you know, if you didn't take the time to assess the cuboid and just left it as whatever diagnosis you were talking about at the time, let's just say a lateral ankle sprain and left yeah. it at that, um, you know, you're, you're going to miss out. And, you know, to bring it back around that like you like to be specific, how about being specific in multiple areas, treating the neck, treating the CT junction, treating the ribs, treating the thoracic spine, treating the shoulder, like, you're being specific in multiple areas. That's where people really get better. Um, you know, if someone has shoulder pain, you're just treating the shoulder and doing, and doing this and doing this and that, and maybe some T's and Y's and that's, that's your rehab. I mean, that's, that's no thought process in there. That's just, Oh, here's another shoulder pain. Let's do this. Um, and I had, uh, I guess, a, a thought, pro, um, a conversation with a newer therapist. She's a new grad and she we had a sever uh, what we thought was severe diseases put it that way and i was like how would you treat this well she's like x y and z and one of the things was to have her stretch out the calves and then do calf raises and i'm like okay sounds pretty general i'm like is why are you doing that why is that the first thing that come to your head and she's like well that's what i've seen done i'm like all right well let's take a step back and think about it severs disease is something that's going to be overuse right overuse in a pediatric population. So if they're overusing it, why are we then just going to have them do more calf raises? That, and that's like, Oh crap. Like we're, we're so conditioned as profession to just do because others have done. We forget to take the time out and to take a step back and really think about what we're doing for a pathology, like mm -hmm. to have an overuse injury and then just use it more is not the answer. Um, they're probably not in pain because they're weak. They're in pain because of something else. Definitely. Well said. Um, is that more, oh, is that in the, she posted that into the, um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. And saw some what, things in the, this case was posted in our mentorship. Our mentorship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and but, then we, um, we elaborate there, but obviously, um, this therapist has the, the, the luxury we talked about it right there in the spot mm -hmm. um, yeah the write-up now and the mentorship is just more for reflection and thought process mm -hmm. um, and i'm sure when she listens to this podcast in a couple weeks uh i'll get an earful from her oh yeah uh, when she comes in that we're talking about it but it's a great <laughs> learning it's a great learning yeah We've yeah, yeah well, um i was there you were there you know all, mm -hmm. all the therapists were there um we just have the opportunity to talk about it now that's, that's, yeah, so. yeah, I'll uh, leave things off on with a case, kind of a case study uh, where we implemented some second rib stuff, which was a cool case study. Um, it, this individual, he's, yeah, I think he said, yeah, he's had the pain or problems for, for years, but definitely the last three years, uh, chronic shoulder, neckish pain. Uh, you've seen an acupuncture we referred him to me which was cool um and was had noted winging scapula jack dude this guy's this guy's yoked um though um crossfit kind of guy swat team um police officer real cool guy um and he mentioned uh some things of yeah the acupuncturist who's who's really on spot with things was like i think there's something with serratus anterior long thoracic nerve and um, I was like, okay. And then uh, he also mentioned that he had some numbness tingling of his fourth and fifth digit. Um, so I examined him. 
already started to think, all right, fourth, fifth digits, I'm already thinking neurodynamics before the even guy got into the place. Um, and then through my examination and those sort of things, on top of that, I discovered, yeah, that he has some first and second rib on the involved side were hypermobile, uh, reproduced some pains and those sort of things. And this is a guy who's had it for three years. He's been, to, I think it was one or two different PTs at that point. Saw a doctor, had some acupuncture, obviously. And within the first session, he knew, he's like, wow, this is, he's like, he was, just, he was constantly going like this. He was always like stretching backwards. Yeah. Uh, now I can't discharge a guy because he loves us so much. But, uh, you know, first time in like three years being able to lift whatever he wants. Pull-ups, he wouldn't be – he couldn't do a pull-up. And then he got to – like before us, he was doing pull-ups, but he had to pay the, the dues of it. He'd be in pain for days. And then now he's doing pull-ups, overhead presses, PRs like it's crazy. And what we did was we did first rib, second rib, CT junction techniques. I combined some neural dynamics with things. And now he's doing great. And that's someone who's been to the ringer of other places, tried exercises and those sort of things. So yeah, really cool case study. Um, and shows that these sort of things can be effective. Yeah. Awesome. It's a good problem to have as a business owner. They don't want to uh, be discharged. Yeah. Right. He's like, I love you guys. Now he's like, what about my back? I'm like, oh, that's cool. If it's something different, I'll, I'll help out. It's, it's, um, but uh, yeah, it is, it is, it's awesome to hear that. Again, they're your biggest people, the people that have been around the ringer medically and you're the one that figures things out. Uh, you know, he, he's already referred a couple people and it's only been a couple months. So um, yeah, it's definitely cool, cool stuff. Well, um, yeah, I guess we should uh, kind of close things up. Uh, we have our awesome, well, by the time this comes out, our course will be over, but We'll have our next one up in October in my place. The date is 24th, 24th. October 24th, 25th. Lumbo pelvic, correct? Lumbo pelvic, correct. At the legendary Trifecta Therapeutics in, in South Jersey. Only like 20 minutes from Philly. Um, so should be should be exciting. Uh, Brandon and I mentioned the mentorship. Uh, Brandon, you want to talk about that for a hot minute? Yeah, the uh, the mentorship is uh, it's going well actually. We've had well, technically, there, I guess there's two things. Let's clarify that we have the the video aspect, which is uh, classified as a, if you go on the site a membership, um, but it's a one time fee. Um, you get uh, about a hundred videos of uh, manual therapy, spinal manual therapy techniques, um, and. Um, actually after this weekend, we'll be uploading about another 30 videos and then probably in the next two weeks, two to three weeks to plan to upload some stuff on neurodynamics. So definitely hop in now before, um, you know, that begins to go up. We've, we've had a, you know, probably a 10 or, or 12 sign up for that. That's been great so far. Uh, good feedback on that. And then we've had the mentorship, which we have another, I think 10 or 12 on that one as well. Um, that one, you, you get the videos included. And then you get access to um, 600 plus fellowship level articles that have been vetted for you guys already. Um, access is there. Um, you get to read them. And then if you have any questions, help synthesize that information. Um, you can, we have a private discussion group on Facebook, um, which is starting to, to ramp up now as well. Now that we have more people asking questions. So basically you write a, a question, a post, and it can be on anything, differential diagnosis, a patient case, 
an article, um, any, something that's going on in the profession, really and anything that's going on. I mean, there, there, there are like 22 different topics in there um, and I'm sure that will grow. And then we have um, bi-monthly calls um, where we all get together and talk about um, a patient case, which we've done before. We've talked about treatment-based classification of the low back um, and, and how we integrate that, red flags, things like that. Um, you know, the, the discussion um, being that there's three of us, myself, Jeremy and Kyle, all fellowship uh, level um, trained therapists. I mean, we're, we're on it. So you're not going more than a couple days without getting an answer from one of us. Um, as we grow, hopefully it becomes a thread where more of the students interact. Um, so that's beginning uh, to ramp up and um, that's there for $29.99 a month. Uh, cancel at any time. Um, the only other way you're getting something of this quality is if you do a residency and or fellowship um, as well. And, and you know, um, that can come with a no, whole nother host of hurdles. So if you don't have access to a mentor, don't have time to travel, don't have uh, the funds to do a, one of those uh, courses or um, programs because they are pricey, this is a, a great alternative. And that's why we started it because uh, more therapists need to have less barriers to wanting to become um, a great therapist. Very well said. Um, yeah, so hopefully a couple of you guys sign on and uh, if you have any questions about it or anything like that, just you know, reach out to us. Um, I'm Jeremy Boyd on Facebook, um, but also The Decent Doctor on Instagram and Facebook, I think. I don't think I really do anything with the Facebook one. On Twitter, I think I, I can't. I can't remember which ones I'm on. But uh, um, at Traffic to Therapeutics, you can also reach out to me there. Um, uh, we're at Manips and Sips, um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And Brandon's at Pursue PT now and at Think Like a Fellow. So feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to help out. Uh, and uh, look forward to uh, next episode and seeing you guys at some courses. But uh, cheers, everyone. Cheers, guys.